Hey, you've made it to Sprayspace, where people managing social media accounts come for community. This year, our focus is social media for good. Together, we can work to make social media a landscape for healthy online communities to grow. Sound good? Then come along with us on the Sprayspace podcast, where we share what we know, learn what we don't, and strive to make social media better for us all. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Spry Space podcast. I am so happy to have you here. Um, today, I've got Chad with me, and it's always a pleasure to have Chad. Uh, we are entering into September this month, and during September, we decided we wanted to focus on movies, basically. Shows, movies that had some sort of a lean into the internet and social media. So you can consider this month a uh, film review month with Spry. Um, Chad and I are going to get started and our first uh, film or show that we're covering is Inside by Bo Burnham. It's a Netflix special that came out, I believe, in May um, and has gained lots and lots of of popularity and, and is trending in many Instagram reels uh, right now. So, um, Chad, you had a chance to watch the movie. Give me your first like two sentence feedback before we get into kind of the bullet points Okay. I also I just love that you're the one for this because you are the musician of the group. So well, uh, Seth is also a musician too. So that's true. Uh, but 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 yeah, I, I've I've done it for a long long time. <laughs> so um, to sum it up in two sentences, wow. Um, <laughs> I first word I would use is crazy. Mm -hmm. It's it's a crazy movie and it's poignant and it's disturbing at times and it's real. And I, I think that is what ties most of it, this into modern day age and social media and how we are attached to our devices. And that's what our reality is. And so this, this show is like really real. Yeah. It's so it was so interesting to me too. the um, most dichotomy of the, and I know you're going to get into it some, but the funny uh, comedic nature and the extremely serious content Cause it's like yeah. fun and boppy, but then the mm -hmm. lyrics are just so, I mean, they're heavy. It's heavy, heavy content that's going through. Uh, a mm -hmm. lot of it focused on the internet and, and social media and mental health. So um, I'm excited to dive into it a little bit with you. Yeah. Where do you want to start? One of the things I really noticed is, is and I was struck with is the ambition it must've taken to do this with, uh, with, um, he was he was talking about how he had done a special before. I actually haven't seen it, but I saw the end of it uh, a little bit, and it looked to be similar in his style, at least. But the main difference, of course, is that he's uh, alone in his studio apartment during COVID, that and uh, was doing everything himself, fit, uh, setting up the cameras and filming and recording and the lighting and everything. And I mean, I mean. I personally do that sort of stuff for fun. I mean, you can see my room back here. I like, oh, I want this light right here and this <laughs> light right here. And uh, so that was, I, I related to that for sure. And and he, he went into the struggles of like, <clears throat> this cord doesn't uh, reach as far as you want. And he's like pulling it and pulling it until the camera crashes down. And that's reality. That's what happens. And um, where that ties into uh, 
real life is that we've all been doing that for the last year, you know, or a year and a half with COVID. We've all had to learn how to do Zoom calls and and talk to our coworkers and everyone else, uh, family members through the camera, staring at this camera. It's this strange thing. So, I mean, the ambition it took, you know, uh, to to get to complete all this, I'm just amazed at. It actually. And, it reminds me a lot of like Gia Goodrich, who we've who we've had on the podcast and on one of our social media for good forums this year, who, you know, she does. She's a commercial photographer and um, has really made a name for herself in regards to how to look good on Zoom, how to present well over video um, and how to show up and be a big deal. And she's been working on her home studio immensely and it looks, the final product looks so clean and great. And then she'll give you like a behind the scenes tour and the the cords on the ground and, and just the actual thing that she stands in front of. It's not, it's, 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 it's a damn mess, you know? Yeah. And, uh-huh. and all of us kind of sometimes put ourselves up against what we think a professional would look like and be like. And it's not really like that. We're all just kind of bootstrapping together right now in a whole new universe, making Instagram reels and YouTube videos and just doing our best to make do with what we have during pandemic with technology. Absolutely. I mean, if you could see the floor of this room right now, no, you don't want to at all because it is a mess. And uh, so, yeah, the last thing I wanted to say about that room, I mean, that room, you've got it right behind you, actually. Yes. In your in your background, which when we when we logged on, I told Lacey, that looks a little creepy. There's a because at first I thought there was a dude standing in a room. Yeah. If you're <laughs> listening to the podcast, you got to go check out the YouTube video of this episode. Yes. I've got a virtual background that has the room that Bo Burnham started in um, when he started this special where it's all nice and clean and. Mm-hmm. And that, and what's so really neat about how he did that was, um, at the end of the last special, it had a scene of him entering this studio apartment. It's like his guest room on his property, which is you walk across the yard and open the door. And then when this show inside started, he was coming into that room with, from the perspective of the camera inside the room, wearing the same clothes. So I mean, there's this this thread story thread that is really amazing. I, I think it's it's pretty neat. Yeah, it it definitely is. And then and then how it's clean and it goes to just chaos, you know. And we see he takes us through this whole journey, and and we see. There's the drawers of the dresser left open and there's stuff on the walls and floor and everything. And it it really describes his journey. Yeah, it does. And I I mean, this kind of brings us into just how amazing just the overall choreography of everything was for this with one per, you know, with one person. I can't imagine the amount of hours that had to go into designing the the lighting that matched the music and you know, the visuals that were happening on the background. Sometimes he was projecting things onto the walls in the background. Mm-hmm. Um, and just the amount of choreography that had to go into making that all run properly without like a producer or something there. Yeah, yeah he must have. I mean, everyone knows him as a comedian, but, you know, he must have some theatrical background or at least that's his passion, uh, you know, and, uh you know, that's what's so crazy about him is that he's like he's like one third physical comedy, like Jim Carrey, like lanky body yes. parts moving around and 
Or like, uh, you know, one third, of course, Weird Al Yankovic with, with making the silly songs and satire music. And then a third, you know, real acting, because that's, I mean, that's one of the crazy parts is that sometimes you can't tell if he's really feeling something or he's really act if if he's really feeling something that is scary as hell that you're watching you're watching it and serious as hell if he's acting man he's a damn good actor you mm-hmm. know and good for him for 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 doing that you just can't tell cuz then he'll throw a joke in or the song will take a twist to the other side and yeah i mean i think i i don't know the name of the song maybe you do the song where he's got the sock puppet um, and you know, that starts off almost Sesame uh, street. Like, yeah. you know, it's got a very playful nature to it. And he's got this little character that's this sock character and they're talking and singing, but then it turns into a conversation really about power and, and, uh, about race and about class. Mm-hmm. And, and it is very serious. Um, but, but it's just got this overlay of, mm-hmm. of satire, like you're talking about in this playful satire where the seriousness just kind of punches you in the gut out of nowhere where you're not expecting it, which almost makes it even more impactful because you've been primed with these feelings of, of, of comedy and openness and laughter. And then you're hit with these really powerful, uh, statements about class, about power, about race, that you can't even tell. What I think is some of the genius of of maybe that song specifically is you can't exactly tell if he's on a side, right? There's not really a side that it seems like Mm -hmm. he's just talking very plainly about what is. Um, So I thought that made it very easy for many types of people to connect with the message as well and not be turned off depending on what their ideologies are. And gives it some weight and legitimacy too. I mean, when, when you're not taking sides and you're just talking about how you're observing, Mm -hmm. that makes it more serious in my mind, you know, or more real. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That is cool. So cool. Okay, so Chad, from your perspective, all of the kind of fun and silliness and satire that goes into this, how do you feel like it really balanced out some of these more serious topics? I think he did a wonderful job of doing that balancing. That's To me, that's the genius of it. I mean, as a songwriter and a writer uh, throughout my life, I've definitely been in a million situations where we you, you know you sit down with your band you're gonna like hey we're gonna write a song we're gonna do this and it's it's like two seconds before somebody throws in something that's goofy and ridiculous or or dirty or something like that you know and you're and it's derailed it's like it's like uh it's hard to get back well it's that balance yeah it's that balance of serious or playfulness and i think you, you i think i heard from you first the about uh, what is the opposite of depression? Yeah, it's from a Brene Brown book where she's done a lot of research um, on personal development topics and uh, shame and depression. And what she communicated is that the opposite of depression is play. Okay, so so depression yeah. is like this this um, immobility, this stagnation, and the opposite of that immobility and stagnation is is freeform play, playfulness. I think that's one hundred percent right on. That's 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 uh, 
you can people can hammer things out in a serious way and, and a disciplined way. I mean, I mean, you can't just have playfulness without discipline. You know, it's, it's still that balance, but it's never seems it never seems to be quite as inspired as when there's some playfulness there. That is genuine. That's that's where you're. It's the opposite of maybe depression or something like that. So, with with uh, Bo Burnham's mental state throughout this, boy, that's just so striking. And it was necessary, right? It would have been too heavy for most audiences to take in the seriousness and the weight of the issues that he was talking about um, mm-hmm. without having these these big bursts and ribbons of humor throughout it. They're just, it wouldn't have been possible. Um, but I love the way he's so uh, self-aware too mm-hmm. about some of these things, the song that he did about, um, you know, it's basically a joke about white males wanting to save the world, you Mm -hmm. know? And, Mm -hmm. and, you know, he talks to himself, he's like, maybe if I could just stop for a minute and I could just be quiet and there's like three seconds of quiet and he's like, I'm bored (laughs) and and (laughs) starts back in again about how he's going to save the world through comedy. Um, Mm -hmm. it's, it's funny because there's a lot of elements of truth to it, you know? Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. I feel like it was this, the whole special was this, this, this balance and this fight against, uh, making fun of and actually teaching people about what is, you know, Mm -hmm. um, the, the humor mixed with the reality and severity of the situations that he was talking about. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, even the even the sock puppet that you were talking about, you know, he was like, then the end of that, the punchline of that whole thing is that's the way the world works. Oh, yes. This this power, this white male power dominated the lesser power thing that was trying to point out the injustice and was at the same time was saying, I don't want to have to explain that to you because I don't that's not my burden for you to learn about it. And then it all ends with him just saying, that's the way the world works. So shut up or I'm going to take this tape. I'll put you back in the drawer. Mm-hmm. You know? so, yeah. Crazy. Mm-hmm. So let's kind of shift a little bit into social media here. So there were a lot of themes around social media, the Internet and mental health. Um, where should we start? You want to start with I'd actually like to start with the Welcome to the Internet song. OK. OK, sure. Yeah. So, you know, some of the lines from the Welcome to the Internet song are like, you know, welcome to the internet. A little bit of everything all of the time. Uh, apathy is a tragedy and boredom is a crime. Just a little bit of everything all of the time. And it's in like this circus theme. Yep. Uh-huh. Um, and I think another favorite line is like, you know, I'm going to make you. Oh, no. And maybe that's a whole nother song. The I'm going to make you some content. I'm going to make you your favorite. You know, it's just it's all about this immense amount of content generation that's happening and how you could basically get lost on the Internet learn about anything and everything at any moment every day and and boredom has become a crime so mm-hmm. from your perspective how real is that song in your life specifically absolutely i mean everyone everyone has their favorite youtubers and content creators that we can access anytime and um, as creators, like when we're working in social media, we're we're required to be consistent. And sure, you you probably wouldn't want to be overwhelmingly consistent, but 
you're putting out content very consistently and it's all, it seems to be all of the time. It's far from, you know, uh, you used to write an album and it would take six months to write it and then six months to market it and then it would come out and then you'd have two years off or something like that, you know, <clears throat> and, uh, not anymore. It's uh, singles, and you you make one song at a time, and uh, that's 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 where that circles back to that ambition that I was talking about, where he finished this whole thing, where the demand could have been to just release each one single piece, mm. you know, and uh, but he chose he wanted it to be a, a, a masterpiece of a of a of content, but yeah, we're expected to <clears throat> to consume that all of the time and we have it available all the time and then i think uh movies like uh the social dilemma have shown us how it's addictive and we don't need as human beings all the way up throughout our entire progression of living on the earth haven't had this we haven't had this constant stream and so how are we dealing with it how are we well we're witnessing that right now you know we're trying to figure it out and uh so, yeah, super interesting. Yeah, I mean, truly, the the vast majority of humans on Earth right now are addicted to dopamine from mm. use of social media and phone games and, uh, and whatnot. And what that does is it actually does create a lack of serotonin. And serotonin is our long-term joy and happiness chemicals in our brain. And so we're stuck constantly searching and searching and searching for more feel good. And all we're getting is more and more dependent upon the dopamine that's coming through the activities that we're doing. And I think back to when I interviewed Karina Devi, uh, who's a mindfulness mm -hmm. teacher, and she talked about how historically, just like what you were saying, historically, mindful living just is what was that's how people lived because you didn't fill the space of your days with content coming at you you filled it with observation and so her, one of her biggest tricks to kind of going against these anxious feelings that we're getting from dopamine addiction is just to stare at a tree for 30 seconds yeah. right like could we wow. could we not Take in content. Oh my God, that brings me to one of my favorite parts of the monologue, one of his monologues, which he almost he breaks into this little stand-up comedy section mm -hmm. where he's sitting on a couch on a, on a stool, and he's mm -hmm. like, if if any one of us, any single <laughs> one of us, yeah. could just shut the f up for like mm -hmm. one minute for about like one topic, could we have? Could any single one of us just shut the f up about one thing? Mm -hmm. and and it's it's just again in line with social media for good forum where we had nikki carvey on who she's like mm -hmm. you know opinions are like a-holes everybody's got one <laughs> you know <laughs> we need to be staring at trees more <laughs> and and then bo burnham pauses and says well i know that you're saying that i'm not shutting the f up i'm i'm doing it right now i'm creating and so it's like this cycle Yes, this constant cycle of us knowing, I, th I think internally almost all of us know that it's unhealthy for us to be consuming content the way that we do. However, we are compelled, we are compelled to consume. Um, I, I do think that there is a really nice balance that can come when we consume and create, because mm -hmm. in that creativity, there is, we're doing things right. We're, we're not just consuming and becoming uh, addicted to the dopamine. If we can create as well, especially things that take 
a little bit of time to plan, strategize, create, release. Those are the things that do yield more of that serotonin in our brain um, and, and helps balance out that dopamine addiction that we all have. Okay, let's move on to another one of his of his songs kind of focused on uh, social media. So can we, I don't think we can glaze past a white woman's Instagram. That's right. It, it, it was, <laughs> and I would say that was one of the funnier bits, you know, like, uh, and probably because we can all relate and we all understand. And yeah, uh, my wife, I heard her comment after, she's a white woman, and I heard her comment later. It was like, that really hit me. Like it was, he was talking about me. <laughs> and, and so that he, he's, he does such a good job of putting that mirror up to everybody. But yeah, white woman's Instagram. And the one thing that I thought was really cool is that uh, he put the aspect ratio of the film to go into the square format of the Instagram, uh, whereas the rest of the film is in the 16 by 9. And uh, con conversely, he also did the... Uh, um, the FaceTime where he, he did the bit where he was calling his mom, I'm going to call my mom, I'm going to FaceTime my mom tonight, and it's Friday night, and I told the told the bros I need some time away or something like that, and uh, and then the aspect ratio goes to an iPhone, you know, just mm -hmm. like you're, you're watching that on the iPhone, and then <clears throat> once again, it takes a serious turn, and he gets starts getting frustrated with his mom, and she puts her thumb over the camera. Just move your thumb, you know. Uh, mom, he he stays on the phone while she's looking for her glasses, and and it really ends with him yelling and and being angry, which is so interesting because how many times have we all been angry at? technology he was not angry at his mom you know he was frustrated with his mom for everything that she was doing and her use of technology but it was really this technology that he was expressing anger towards so interesting the frustration of the breakdown in communication you know yeah. and again it's one of those it's it's one of these parallels that are being drawn where like we can be so far away from our family and we can communicate with them but there's also these added layers of frustration that come from using the technology that allows us to connect with people who we aren't near um uh when i when i listen to the white woman's instagram too i uh am a white woman who is a social media manager you know so like this was like i felt as well like this was directed expressly at me and, and I and you're a girl boss, too. Yes. So. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he talks about basically all of the classic things that uh, white women with privilege uh, have have the privilege to post about on their social media. Pumpkin spice season with your with your uh, sweater, one shoulder off um, your vanilla candle. Um, this <laughs> this. A headshot image with a, a beam of light across your face. I scrolled through my own Instagram and I found probably f at least four of the things that he called out right there, right there on mine. Um, when we posted a reel a couple months ago using uh, some of the the lyrics from Inside, um, I posted it to my story and I had a couple of followers um, who he went down and I, I got this random comment. Okay, like I'm talking from like a post from a year ago and it says on it, I saw you post that thing about Bo Burnham's inside and I scrolled as far as I could to find a goat cheese salad. 
on your yeah. feed and there it was because that's one of the things he called out to mm-hmm. and i'm like oh my god it's just more and more true um and that one what what really hit me about that is like yes it's funny and you feel seen and you feel kind of called out but what it called me out to most of all is thinking really about how i'm using my my platforms you know how how am i use am i just using it to show the privilege that I have, not intentionally. Right. Yeah, that's exactly what's happening. And I have the privilege to do these things because I don't have to face the things that many people have to face in this country and in the world. If I was not a white woman, girl boss, um, the issues that I would have to talk about would be much more serious, would be much Mm. more important for the overall good of society. And I did. I felt very, very not only called out, but like, I don't know, called on. Like it it makes me want to do better. It makes me want to to talk about things that matter more and more and more instead of things that just showcase the frosting of my life, you know? I think that's the key with with this sort of stuff, with with stuff that kind of educates us about social injustice or or, or things like that. Our tendency is to be like to feel shame of like, oh, man, I'm I'm that person in that skit, that comedy skit, when in reality, it's nobody's fault that they were showing their lives. You know, they were they were they, in fact, were showing their privilege on social media. But <clears throat> you shouldn't feel ashamed about that. You should just learn from it. So I don't know. I hope we can all kind of use that as a always use those kind of things as a stepping stone for reflection and introspection and just thinking about how we can improve. Um, because everything that we do that is, is talking about deeper topics and more important topics are things that drive things forward for everyone. You know, Mm -hmm. um, if things get better for one, uh, class or race of people, then it gets better for everyone. And that's, I think, one of the biggest misconceptions from a lot of people in power. Yep. As a side note, I, the the one thing where I was thinking about this podcast and preparing for it, and I was going to say something about how that room that he was in was claustrophobic to me. It was mm. like, <clears throat> and I've always had this theory that people say small things when they stay in little rooms too long, you know, mm. and everything like that. And, and I, but then I, as I said that I realized, wait a minute, Bo Burnham's lucky as hell to have that studio apartment. Mm. I'm lucky as hell to have my studio down here. When people are living in these conditions that where it's 10 people crammed into a room and here I am saying, worrying about, you know, people say small things when they stay in little rooms too long, you know? So there was, there was a light bulb for me where, where I was like, whoa. Mm-hmm. I need to kind of think about how that sounds to everyone else. Well, let's talk a little bit more focused here on mental health, right? The reason that we even talk about and do this film review is because with our focus on social media for good, we are wanting to find references that content creators are using all over the all over the internet uh, <coughs> educate people and empower them to make better choices. So understanding through satire that the internet distracts you immensely is an important part of understanding how to improve your mental health. Understanding that your platforms and the things that you say on them are seen Mm -hmm. uh, and and translated and have meaning in the world um, 
that's important for you to understand, for you to make informed and empowered choices about how you use the internet and how you use your platforms. One thing I saw in your notes as you were preparing for this was how uncomfortable it made you to watch some of his vulnerabilities. Can you talk about mm -hmm. that for a second? Well, it, 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 I guess I was talking about how he does walk that line where you can't tell if he's if he's acting or if he's really having a breakdown. Um, I, I later then uh, researched him a little bit and understood that he has struggled with mental health uh, issues. And I think he talks about it in, in Inside where he says, I was a comedian and I took five years off because I was not doing well. And then he said, I got better. I, I was, I was working on it. I was working on myself and got better. And then this is what we're seeing right now <clears throat> is his better. You know what I mean? So I know it can't be summed up like that, but, um, that was, that's, that's just uncomfortable. Uh, I think it was, it, I guess when I, the way I can describe it is that it makes me, me being vulnerable enough to understand what he may be going through, it makes me uncomfortable because I do, I have to like put aside what I think I know about people or about myself or about him and really try to understand what he's trying to say to us and, or convey through his art. And that make, that's a, that's a challenge for me. And I think getting ourselves to the place where we can be comfortable being uncomfortable is part of the lesson here too because there has been way too long that people have used the internet and their platforms to show the frosting of their life. Um, and it yields these unrealistic expectations about what your life should be. I have this, um, I have this graph that I make up in my head. Okay. It's kind of this life theory. I call it the potato line. Um, so imagine this graph where we've got what real life looks like, right? Which is kind of like it's often going up and to the right, but there's peaks and valleys, some of them bigger than others. And, it, and it's going like a, like a normal graph would go up and to the right. Now, there's our expectation of what life should be, which is like this straight line that goes up and to the right above it and probably quite a bit above what your actual reality is like. And so the distance between what you're actually experiencing in these peaks and valleys and this straight line of expectation is where most of our suffering lives, is between oh, yeah. those two lines. But way underneath all of that is this little arc that I call the potato line, which is what you actually need to survive in this life. Um, you could go a really long time living on potatoes uh, if, you, if you needed to. Um, so all the suffering that we have is between this, this, what we're experiencing and what we expect to be experiencing mm. where our suffering lies. And so we have to ask ourselves when we're using social media and when we're consuming social media, we're creating social media content. Are we adding to that, to that divide, that space between what we're actually experiencing and what people are, are creating as expectations? Are we adding more suffering because we're not being vulnerable enough? Um, mm. Are we adding more suffering to ourselves because we're ingesting content that upholds these unrealistic expectations? Um, or can we have gratitude in that immense space between the potato line arc and and the peaks and valleys of our real expectation can we fill that space with gratitude um and have a more fulfilled life even though it looks nothing like these expectations um mm. 
I think there's a lot of responsibility that we can take for the content we put on social media and the content we choose to consume in social media and whether it adds to uh, the suffering or adds to the gratitude that we can feel in our lives. Mm, that's a great way to put it, yeah. And I just can't stop thinking about how we talk so much about social media and creating good, healthy boundaries, and we put that content out on social media. Uh -huh. <laughs> you know, it's like this, yeah. it's this, is it, is it hypocrisy? No, it's inevitable. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we have to. That's, yeah, balance. It's all about, it's got to be a balance. I watched, after I watched Inside, I went back and I watched uh, Bo Burnham's other Netflix specials. And in one of them, he's talking about mental health and he's talking about how addictive it is to need validation from other people yeah. too and to to mm -hmm. crave and need an audience of people validating you for everything that you're doing and he he kind of begs the audience he's like if you can live your life not needing an audience i beg you to do it in front of a live audience he was saying yeah. this you know right um, yeah so it's just it's just so interesting because I do think that most of the content that we create is what we need more than anything. And so everything that we say is kind of a projection from this internal space. And so saying out loud social media for good for me is like it's for me. I, you know, I hope it benefits other people. But every time I compulsively pick up my phone, every time I get disappointed by a number of views that comes out, um, that's why I do social media for good is for my own mental health in being able to stay sane in the job and career that I've placed for myself. And I just hope it impacts other people. And I think Bo Burnham might be creating content the same way, trying to be as vulnerable and honest with his own projections of his internal world and look how it's taking off because it resonates with so many other people. Yeah, I don't know how many weeks it was at number one, and it's still just like in the top 10 after a number of uh, months. And it's, I think that it's resonating with everyone. I think so, too. So. All right, you got anything else before we close it up? Nope. I think that's it. Okay. Well, you did a great job. I'm excited. For those of you who have not seen it yet, I hope that you would go check it out. It's very, very interesting. Um, the songs, even on their own, are really fun to listen to. Mm -hmm. Again, you're tricked into learning in these. So it's fun yeah. to, to bop to. And then you're learning a lot as you're uh, hearing yourself say the lyrics out loud. Um, I would also say we just recently launched a new course called Social Media on Purpose. And so if you are a social media manager and you're looking for kind of trying to feel a little bit more settled and stable in the strategy that you're using. That can also help your mental health a lot if you mm -hmm. if you are doing your social media activity on purpose. So you can check that out on our website too at thinkspry.com. Um, we have a nice community of people within our Spry Space Facebook group as well who when we're experiencing things that are uncomfortable on social media, that's a really good community for us to support each other. So we would welcome you there as well. Um, Chad sometimes drops a sick meme in there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Chad, for your time. Thank you, everybody listening. We hope that you are using social media for good, and we hope that you will keep learning. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> like Bo Burnham says, bye. <laughs> <laughs> 
This Spry Space podcast is brought to you by Spry Social Media Marketing, digital marketing agility, edited by Chad Hinman and executive produced by Lazy Fought.